Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Motown and Coney. Back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? So, this has been a, a very interesting <laughs> week for sports, for music. Um, <laughs> my divisional round predictions were correct. We have the 49ers really, and hell, that game was closer than I think most expected. Um, escape really from the Packers. You had the Detroit Lions for the first time since 1991 advancing to the NFC Championship game. You had the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens obliterate the Houston Texans in the second half. And then you had KC and what what was a game really that Buffalo gave away. So that's the NFL and college football. You have not only is Nick Saban gone, but Jim Harbaugh has packed his bags and took a job that I don't think he's going to be successful at. I think I want him to be successful, but I... Don't see, and I'll explain why I think he should have took the Atlanta job instead. Um, Complex, I guess they pissed some people off because they named J. Cole the best rapper alive in 2023. (laughs) I don't know why people are so pissed about that because he's been killing everything that he was on. Uh, 42 Duh through the the welcome back party of all welcome back parties with what about 15,000 of his closest friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you got two Detroit influencers going at it, or I should, I don't have Mr. Shime time being here for so long. He might well be a Detroit influencer at this point, but him and, um, Chris Kyle enjoy Detroit, I guess. Um, Got into it about Cuzzle, so I guess we'll start with the damn Detroit Lions. <laughs> Man, that's, yeah, you know what? That's a lot. You're right, Rodney. That was a lot. Damn. <laughs> oh, and we forgot the damn Milwaukee Bucks and something I've never seen happen before. Fired a coach that was 30 and 13 in his first 43 games and replaced him with a coach that can't get out the second round in Doc Rivers. <laughs> Well, you know what Griffin did, but we, we'll get on that again. We'll get on that again. So let's, yeah. let's, start, so let's start with the, the the highlight, the the momentous occasion. Yo, Detroit Lions in one of the most ruckus atmospheres. Uh, Steve Levy said after the game he had to take the highlight on because he had a headache from all the noise. Um I think it ranked at the fourth modest stadium of the whole NFL um, season, but they go mm-hmm. in, they they get they get the job done. They, I was speechless um, when Derek Barnes picked off Baker Mayfield and kind of sealed the game. I know Tampa Bay had. One time off, but in the words of their coach, the game was over. What the hell was I going to use the timeout for? 
Yeah, the game was over, and the Lions they were gonna they were gonna hit that field goal. It's a forty some yard field goal. They were gonna win that game. Like, come on, let's stop it. Um, they were down by eight. They knew that game was over with anyway. It didn't make any sense. Um, you know what? You know what's crazy, and and, and it's one of those type of things. This is what this season remind me of. The Lions got a young upcoming team, young jump starting team. And I know the defense hasn't been that great, but the offense has been amazing. Like, that offense can match with any team, and they can score. Plenty of times that we've seen them play, they would go for it on fourth down to close the game out because that's how gritty they are. They got grit. Um, I'll put it to you like this, Rodney. This is a time where you got a lot of players that are declining, and the, and the Lions are the ones that's coming up. We've seen it in the NBA, too, OKC. When, when OKC and the Timberwolves, you got players that are declining, and these young guys are taking over, and that's what the Lions are doing. You got a, a young team, the same thing with the Packers. The Packers are the youngest team. I think the Lions are like the fourth or fifth youngest team in the NFL. You got these young guys that come in, and they they balling out. Look at Gibbs and Laporta, St. Brown. Gibbs and Laporta are first-round draft picks of, of this draft that just went past. Um you know, I, I didn't have a problem with Gibbs. I told everybody this, and I know a lot of people might listen to our podcast. I didn't have a problem with Gibbs. I like Gibbs. Didn't have a problem with Laporta. I'm not a Jack Campbell guy. Um, still not a Jack Campbell guy. I thought that we could have got Gibbs and Laporta in later rounds. That's what I was saying. I know we needed a tight end, um, but I thought we could have got Gibbs and Laporta in later rounds. And we still could have got Jalen Carter. We could have got Jalen Carter, Gibbs, and Laporta. But I know we went and got Jack Campbell. I understand. And we have him. He's going to be great somewhere down the line. But um, Well, Jack Campbell did make um, – I don't know if you saw the list, but they um, released the – and I didn't even know this was a thing, really, the NFL all-rookie team. Um, the Lions had four representatives – on the list along with the Houston Texans. So I I thought that was terrible. The Lions should have had five representatives. I saw that uh Joey Porter Jr. made it over Dion Branch. And I was really, really pissed off over Branch. And I was pissed off about that. I thought Branch played way better than Joey Porter Jr. The statistics say that he does. He's our well, slot. He- the oh. NFL must have heard you and Woodworth Sports cry because they, <laughs> I don't know if they went back and updated it, but um, Ryan Branch has been added to the all-rookie team now as of like yeah, cause, minutes ago. Yeah, because I was going nuts. When I seen that, I was like, are you serious right now? Like, that defense for Pittsburgh, the front four has been good, but that defense has been horrid. They've been getting their ass torched. If that four, if that uh, front four doesn't uh, apply pressure and get to the quarterback, like other than that, like it's, it reminds me of the Lions' defense. Like I love, I love Sutton, but Sutton was never a, a, a QB, cornerback one. Yeah, he was so, always a cornerback two. And I so I know some of the talking heads, and I know the Lions are seven, basically seven point underdogs. For Sunday's game, I don't believe they're playing with house money. I believe Green Bay showed that San Francisco is beatable. Um, Brock Purdy 
gets happy feedback there. Um, so I do believe the Lions are more than capable of going in and win. And I think they will get the job done. No, I, I agree. And, and that's what I was going to say, too. The Lions, man, with these young guys, they and, and it's from Dan Campbell, too. Dan Campbell, he's one hell of a coach, man. It, it might seem like he, you know, a lot of people look at him and they and the things that he say to, and they're like, you know, me head or I, I heard it, I heard it all. When he came out, he did the bite the kneecaps. We even was looking like, damn, like really. But we knew something special was coming out of it because we never heard any shit like that before. The whole kneecaps analogy, and I knew something special was gonna come out of it, but I didn't know it was gonna be this special. Like, this guy is one hell of a coach, and he can coach some young kids, man. And that's that's hard to do in the NFL for guys to come in and depend on young guys and throw them right into the fire and, and have them get the job done. We I didn't see this coming out of LaPorta and Gibbs. Did you? LaPorta, yes. Gibbs, I didn't – I don't know. It's hard to project running backs in the NFL. Um I will say a lot of national pundits from Stephen A. Smith to Jamel Hill. Um, uh, what's the pretty much everybody on NFL Network who panned the Lions hire three years ago? All our are eating a word. Stephen A. Smith got in trouble again for saying some negative things about Detroit earlier this week, but. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you my score prediction for the NFC Championship game. Okay. I'm going to go 24-27 Lions victory. I can see that. I can see that. I, I actually got it a little bit. The Lions have been playing. Uh, you know what's crazy? I know I know this, this might sound a little crazy, but. I think the Lions are, are will beat them a little bit worse than what you think that is the score is going to be. I think the Lions are going to score over to win this game. If you're the 49ers, you have to score over 30 points, and I don't think the 49ers are going to score over 30 points. Um, the reason why um, we contain the run, and now you're leaving the the ball into the hands of Brock Purdy, who he's not really an accurate QB. I think Debo Samuel and some of those, and Ayuk and some of those other guys, they cover up a lot of his mishaps. Those guys actually go and they fight and they get the ball. Some of those balls are, it's like Stafford throwing the ball to Calvin Johnson. He's just throwing the ball up in the air, and Debo is so big and strong, he's going to snatch that ball out the air. And Ayuk is so fast, he's going to snatch that ball out the air. But the Lions are very opp- opportunistic. They got cornerbacks that are going to get that ball. If you throw the ball at them, they're not like Green Bay. They're not going to miss that. They're going to grab that ball. It's not bouncing off no hands. They're going to grab that ball, and they, they're opportunistic, and they, they got good hands. They don't play the best defense, don't get me wrong, in one-on-one situations. And Sutton, that's why people say, oh, Sutton's getting lit up every night or every weekend. Well, yeah, he's playing one-on-one on the island against guys, and guys are making some one hell of a catches. Like, that sliding catch by Evans was crazy. And he's going against guys that are legit wide receivers. Like, you're going against Lambs. You're going against uh, Evans. You're going against uh, Christian Watson. You're going against uh, 
what's the guy that came from Carolina that plays for the Bears? Oh, uh, Moore? Yeah, you're going against Moores. It's just it's so many great wide receivers out there, man, that it's, it's hard to contain those guys, and they're going to put some moves on you, and you're on one-on-one coverage all the time. But, I mean, he's doing a damn good job because those guys can – any other QB that cornerback that's out there and you got a decent QB throwing to him, they're going to light your ass up. Like uh, Justin Herbert and, um, and Allen lit us up. Uh, and you know it is what it is. Allen's fucking amazing, and Herbert's amazing. But if anybody, any other person was QBing, I love Baker. But if anybody else was QBing, they probably would have beat us. I'm just being honest. Yeah, that that's very true. Um, and I think CJ Gardner alluded to that when he made those comments, saying basically if they had a quarterback other than. Baker Mayfield back there, the wide receiver core would be a lot better. Um, but I do think the the Lions are a flawed team, but San Francisco is flawed. Um, I don't think they even updated Debo's um, availability yet. Um, like they said, they were going to today, so it would be, be interesting to see if he plays. On the other side, I think you you got to – drag off slugfest that that could go either direction in, in Baltimore and KC. KC is lucky to be playing in this game. Um, if Josh Allen can get some mustard on the ball and hit his wide open wide receiver in the back in the end zone, Diggs has some drops. He had an uncharacteristic missed field goal, um, but leave it to Buffalo to miss a field goal wide right. I believe that cost him a Super Bowl one year. Uh, but I think Baltimore gets it done being at home. I think this is the year Lamar gets over the hump. You know what? I, I think so, too. But at the same time, Mahomes is Mahomes, and he's special. And that defense... I don't know if you if you and, and I think you have. I think you pay attention to him because you, yeah. you said your best friend, your best friend, of course, he was a, a beat writer for them. And you were telling me like how he um you know and I know you follow him followed the the Chiefs ever since. Did you know the Chiefs are like they're not giving up three hundred yards in any capacity in a run game, in a passing game? Like they're they're holding teams under a certain amount of yards. Um, the Bills unfortunately broke that, but they had to play their asses off to, in order to do that. Like the yards and the throwing yards for Allen weren't wasn't great. I think he threw for like 186 yards. He rushed for two TDs, but he only threw for 186 yards. Like it wasn't it wasn't easy for him. So, I mean the the Chiefs defense is really good, and I think they're like top five defense. Yeah, and you're going against like the 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 Baltimore Ravens number one defense, but at the same time they haven't seen Mahomes. Mahomes is like so. a whole different monster in the playoffs. Yeah. That is, yeah. Both quarterbacks are going to be a chess match for uh, um, with Steve Magnolia on on the one side calling the KC defense, and actually Kansas City defense has been dare I say better than the offense this this season. Uh, yeah, 
Um, and then you got Mike McDonald, which if he doesn't get a head coaching job this this year, um, I would be surprised calling the Baltimore defense. It'll be interesting to see what the Blitz passion comes up from for Patrick Mahomes. Um, cause like you said, both, both quarterbacks create a, a, an advantage that I don't think both defenses have really had to deal with this season. I know like Baltimore play Miami, but two is not Patrick Mahomes. Um, exactly. And Mahomes is, is so nip. It seems like he's not the fastest runner. He's not the most, he's not the strongest runner either. But when it comes to like game time and making decisions, he's so agile, man. And he's so, he's so swift and smart on his feet. It's like the game slows down for him. So that Baltimore defense that everybody's so scared of, I've seen that Baltimore defense cave in and lose to the Browns and lose to Pittsburgh. And it, it could be the same type of result. So both of these games are going to be very interesting this weekend. I don't see uh, San Francisco being the overall favorite over the Lions. I don't see the Lions being the overall favorite over San Francisco. It can go either way for me. Um, my thing is, w- what are you going to get out of these QBs? Are we going to get uh, the Lamar Jackson that's really hungry, that's going to take his time and try to to overcome that wizard that's over in uh, in the Chiefs and Mahomes? He's a QB wizard, man. And, like, you got to remember, those are the champs. So those are the last year's champs. They're not going down easy. They're not going down without a fight. And I know Kelsey is getting older, but he had two touchdowns. And if the NFL, for some reason, wants to keep showing Taylor Swift, you got to overcome that too. So it's going to be a couple of shitty calls coming your way, Baltimore. Can you overcome that? Because the NFL wants to keep showing Taylor. Like, What are you going to do? To see if if, if Jason is there and if he goes – Full tops like he did in Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if Jason goes topless too, the NFL is going to be like, shit, we got a hot thing on our hands. And you know what? Shout out to Eminem because guess what? Whenever the Lions do something, they're showing Eminem. And that's countering too. And I think a couple calls go our way because they show that. We know what's going on here. It's looking like it's going to be Taylor against Eminem in the Super Bowl. That's what it's looking like to me. I, I honestly think the Lions will beat the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know. Debo's going to be up in there, but even if they got Debo, if it's not a 100% healthy Debo Samuel, and the Lions are going to lay the wood on that guy too. Let's be honest. The Lions are a hard-hitting team. You come across that middle, and that's Debo's bread and butter. They're going to hit you, and they're going to hit you hard. They're going to hit you low. They don't go hit you high. That's the Lions. They're going to hit you low. They're going to lay you out. They're going to put a hurting on you. And Debo, if you don't come in there healthy and you come in there injured, they're going to they're gonna put some shit on you. You got to be full strength and healthy. And you can, and Debo, and we've seen this already, right, Rodney? We've seen wide receivers come in and grab 185 yards, almost a little bit over 200 yards. We've seen wide receivers come in and do that. But the run game ain't going to be going crazy. All that shit that we seen out of Tampa Bay, right, Rodney? Tampa Bay mm-hmm. only ran for for fifty five yards on the ground. Fifty. Well, out of both of the running backs, I say they ran for eighty something yards, but that was it. 
they didn't really run for much. Christian McCaffrey, you're not going to run wild on us. Um, I believe Christian McCaffrey will not get over 100 yards against us. Lions won't allow it. They'll stack that box and, and force Purdy to to throw into windows, and he's not that type of guy. Yeah, he. That's why. That's why I ultimately say the the Lions win this game on their run defense. While there's questions in the secondary, their run defense has been pretty stout this year. Um, I believe Aiden's been on a tear this year, so. Uh, I believe I believe the Lions shocked the world, and they get it done. <laughs> no, I I definitely agree, Rodney. You know what we we see some we've been watching both of these teams because of course they show the Forty ers a lot too on TV. Um, if it wasn't Denver Broncos, they were showing the Forty ers like crazy, and we've seen a lot of the both of these teams. This isn't the same. Uh, this isn't the same 49ers team from a while ago. They feel like they're aging right in front of us, and they're not doing the same things that they were doing. And the Lions matched them well on offense, uh, tit for tat. You know, they got Kittle. We got Laporta. You know, they have a uh, running back in Christian McCaffrey. We've got two running backs in Montgomery and Gibbs. You want to say Debo? I'll count you with St. Brown. And the rest of the guys that we have, too, that, like, our counterparts, you talk about Ayuk, Reynolds has been doing a good job. Williams has been doing a good job. I mean, we we got people out there that we can put out there and they can score some points on you. So, And, and the defense is doing just enough. And the offensive line has been amazing. Offensive line, it's hard to get sacks on, on the Lions. If you happen to get sacks, it's because guys are injured and they're they're bringing guys in and out. But even when even the guys that replace the starters, they come in and do a decent job. So the Lions might give up one or two sacks a game. That's actually really good because I've seen quarterbacks get demolished. So mm-hmm. those teams match up well. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think national pundits. Um, I'm so happy. Even though I think ESPN still found out a way to sneak the Dallas Cowboys in, but but I think you get a Detroit Baltimore matchup in the Super Bowl. Uh, shoot, I, I, I'm trying to think. My score prediction for the Baltimore Kansas City game is like thirty-one twenty-one Baltimore. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking too, man. A Baltimore versus Detroit Super Bowl would be awesome. That'd be the most ghettoest Super Bowl of all time in Las Vegas too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you talking about them shooting dice on the strip? That'd be it. Just to be ghetto as hell, and I'm here for it. But um, I don't like that matchup for Detroit. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I think the defense. The defense for uh, Detroit can't hold up against Baltimore's offense, and I think the defense, the offense for uh, Detroit going against Baltimore's defense, they offset each other, and there's just too many stops that Baltimore can create out of that. And um, 
for some reason, I just can see if uh, I can see us losing that one. I would rather the Lions play the Chiefs. I think the the Lions will have a chance at least against the Chiefs to win that game. That one will be a 50-50 toss-up. I'm not scared of the Chiefs either, like I'm not scared of 49ers. But Baltimore, really dominant. Um, I think the better matchup for Baltimore would be the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the best team to, to beat Baltimore out of both of the Lions and the 49ers. Other than that, if the Chiefs, if Baltimore gets past the Chiefs, Baltimore is your Super Bowl champions because the Lions and the 49ers are not going to beat them. In a neutral site, at home, it don't matter where it is, they're not going to beat them. Yeah, I agree. I don't see San Francisco or <laughs> Baltimore, I think, is just a team on a mission this year. They're, they... They've destroyed every top team they play during the season. So I, I just think the streak continues in, in the last two rounds of the playoff. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore is such a damn good team, man. Like, that that defense and offense, we thought the offense would be a little shaky because we thought that Odell Beckham Jr. wouldn't show up. We thought since they lost Andrews, they'll be a little bit – um, shaky. We, at least we thought that these things would happen, but Lamar Jackson, he's your MVP, man. Like he's a baller and they, they just got it. Like they got it right now. Honestly, the it's in their hands right now to lose. Like they, they have the, they have the roadmap to the, the championship and, and Harbaugh's done a good job as the coach and Baltimore, it looks like they have a cakewalk, but like I said, you, you can't go. You can't put. You can't put it over Mahomes, and the Chiefs. That's your champs. So, until they beat the defending champs, nothing's happening. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. I I can't wait for Sunday though. This is like the greatest time of the year. Yeah. Ooh, do do you have have score predictions? You know what? I I do. I I think the Lions will score thirty points on the Forty ers because I don't, I don't think their defense is great. Um, I thought that they supposed to lost to the Packers, but I think Jordan Love being young and actually getting his first like really playoff game time action, he was a little bit nervous. I thought they missed a couple field goals they should have hit. Um, also, I thought that um, Love throwing across his body like that. You needed a field goal in order to tie it to go into overtime. I think you got the momentum. Debo's hurt. You got the momentum. The run game was solid. You could have scored a touchdown. You could have got the ball first. You could have scored a touchdown against him. I think him throwing across his body was was weird, throwing for an interception. I don't think the Lions do that. I don't think golf does stupid things like that to throw across his body. I think the the coaching is is too good. I think the Lions are too good to do stupid things like that to make horrible decisions. Um, Jones was getting off, but it's just Jones by himself. Dylan didn't show up. Now you got to go against Gibbs and Montgomery. Because remember when Jones broke out for that? I think he ran for like 60-something yards, right, Rodney? Yeah. And that was towards the end of the game. Then he had to come out once they got all the way down there and they had to settle for a field goal. 
No, actually, they missed that field goal, remember? That was a field goal they missed. Mm-hmm. Once, once uh, let's say Gibbs and Montgomery breaks off for that long of a run, you can alternate and put Gibbs and Montgomery again. Guess what? You got to face that run again because those guys are coming down. So they ran for that long, those long yards. Guess what? Here come the other running back, and he's going to run for some more yards. They're going to run that ball down your throat. It's not like the damn uh, Packers. Mm-mm. No, the Lions are going to keep running the ball. They're going to hand that ball off. So, 49ers, if you can't stop the run, you can't stop You can't stop Jones. You're not going to stop Gibbs and Montgomery back-to-back. Like, And then also throw in Reynolds, too, that, that runs like a bat out of hell. Like, he's determined. I want to see Reynolds get the ball more during the goal line situations. Yeah, that uh... – yeah, I I would like to see see Reynolds just involved a little bit more in the run game, or or having him out wide just give give the defense a a, a different look. Yeah, that I know. I love that running. He runs aggressive too and hard. I think he, you know, what all three of the Lions run a little different. You got uh, Montgomery. Montgomery's patient, but he's a hard runner, but he's patient. He looks for the hole. You got Gibbs. Gibbs can get to the outside. He takes his time, but he gets to the outside fast. And once he gets into an open space and he gets through a a certain point past the line, he's gone. You got Reynolds. Reynolds just runs hard, period. He don't give a fuck. He's not taking his time. He's not patient. He, if that's where he thinks the hole is going to be, if that's what they, the, the player's design, where the hole is, he's running there before it even establishes. Like, that's Reynolds. Like, that's what he does. So we need him at goal line situations because he's going to come through there hard. He's going to run through that hole hard. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, shoot, we could spend the whole podcast talking about the Lions. Um, but I do – Want to get your thoughts on a couple other things that have happened in sports. Mainly, James, a.k.a. Jim Harbaugh, to the L.A. Chargers. Deal got done to, today, um, I guess in the evening, California time, a few hours ago, nighttime here. Um, what's your immediate reaction um, I'm not shocked about the move. I think that, uh, of course, with all the allegations and everything, too. So this actually probably helps out Michigan in case it wants to come back. It it really doesn't fall on anybody else. Um, it falls basically on more of the coaching side of it. Um, I don't think that Michigan did anything wrong either. So I don't think that it's going to be anything that comes out of it. I don't think Michigan did anything wrong that any other of the teams have done. So. Um, hopefully there's no blowback from it. I think Michigan won fair and square. They won a national title fair and square. There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with what Michigan did this season. They balled out, they were the better team. Um hopefully more. Sharon gets the uh the coaching uh thing, but I'm not mad about Hardball leaving. I think he wants to win a Super Bowl and he's went to the, the right team that fits him. I know you you have some choice words about that. Yeah, so I get one to cut coach so first of all I think this was a move when Harbaugh was first hired that we we all saw coming uh, 
I didn't think he was going to retire as the University of Michigan football coach. So I get, I do um, with everything going on with the NCAA, and I think he and the NCAA has had a very fractured relationship through these last nine years. Um, I think it makes a whole lot of sense. The reason why I don't like the Chargers fit is for a couple of reasons. Yes, Justin Herbert is there, aka the the new Matt Stafford. So um, <laughs> hopefully he can get something out of um, Herbert that Brandon Staley um, couldn't. Two, you're playing in a division with Kansas City. I think Denver will be right there. But with Kansas City, even if Andy Reid goes somewhere in the next couple of years, you're still probably the second-best team in that division. Third, San Diego salary cap situation is hell after you get past Justin Herbert. So it'll be interesting to see the pieces um, that – that they put around him, um, how they deal with the salad cap situation. I just thought Atlanta for um, Harbaugh is, is a place you could mold into your image. You could select whatever quarterback you want in the draft, J.J. McCarthy, what have you. Um, and then you you have an excellent cap situation and you have an easier division where you pretty much become the best coach in that division automatically. So, I don't yep. know. I, I just, I, if I was him, I would look. Now, I know his wife is from the California area, so that probably um, has something to do with it as well. But I just think from a Apple to a, Apple's head coaching opening, Atlanta – Long term might have been the better fit. No, I, I, I somewhat, I somewhat agree with you on that one, Rodney. But we we see in this Kansas City Chiefs team, they're they're totally different. I think, um, I think Travis Kelsey is like he's getting older. He's on his last hurrah. The the um, it is just changing. You know, the offense and defense is is changing too. And I think one thing that Harbaugh might have a, a leg up on. And one thing the Chargers have a leg on, they have draft picks. And I think that what he's going to do, of course he's going to try to get some Michigan guys in there, but I think he knows how to put a line together, an offensive line together. I think he knows that's what he needs to do. Um, buy some time for Herbert. Um, the defense, Bosa got injured. If you can bring back Khalil Mack, add a couple more pieces to that defense, they're not that bad. The uh, cornerbacks weren't really that bad either. Um, safeties wasn't bad, that bad. Once they get people back healthy, remember this team was actually a threat, you know, a few years ago. So, um, Harbaugh, he has the opportunity to turn them around. And with a, a little bit of time and, you know, throwing a couple dollars at free agents, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, so, I don't know, I'll just... I get what you're saying about Casey Asian. Um, it's a very interesting division with with the Chargers, the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the, and the Broncos. Um, hell, Andy Reid's the only coach that's been in the division longer than two years now. So, 
I, I do like the Raiders and them keeping Antonio Pierce. Um, he reminds me of a um, Dan Campbell type. I think he fits the Raiders cultures to a T. Um, so I, I am excited about um, that hire. It'll be interesting to see how quickly um, Harbaugh is able to, to turn things around. Um, it'll be interesting to see who from the Michigan staff goes with him. I know Jay Harbaugh, his son, is probably um, going to go with him. Nepotism at his best. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Jesse Mentor joins him as defensive coordinator. And then where does that leave the Michigan Wolverines? If you award Emmanuel, do you go with the internal candidate and Sharon Moore, or do you open it up to the? If do you do the Alabama open up nationally and lose half your recruits and half your roster, basically? I think that I think with Michigan, um, I think what Moore did, I think that he he still secured those. Uh, those recruits, those recruits saw his passion. They saw him win. Uh, even when, even when Harbaugh, you know, was going through his suspension. So, um, I think he still get a, a a good thing of recruits. I think another thing too, if they can win this this season is pivotal right here. He has to show up this season. We have to. If we lose one game, that's fine. One or two games, that's fine. We still are probably getting to the playoffs since it's expanded into a field of 12. And we have the hardest schedule right now in the NCAA. So if we win if we win all our games and lose like one or two games, and that's fine. We can get into the playoffs. It can show some of the it can show these young people like, hey, Michigan still still means business. Um, but if we tank and we really suck, and then we're we're spiraling and we're gonna lose a lot of those recruits. So hopefully, hopefully Michigan shows up, man, this season. I I I bank on them showing up. We brought back a lot of guys, and I think we'll be fine. Yeah, and Ward Emanuel said they're working quickly to hire a new coach that will keep the staff and the team together. So I think that means also point to Sharon Moore getting a promotion. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that the strength and conditioning staff stays in place. Um, I think they've been instrumental to the Michigan success. Um, it'll be interesting to see who his choices are coordinators. Uh, but like you said, this this year will be crucial. Even if he go like, but the schedule they have like nine and three. And they're still able to bring in a tie recruiting class. I, th- I think that would be monumental. So, yeah. So, I, no, no. Go ahead, Rodney. I'm just gonna say I think think the timing uh, for Michigan in some ways is a good um, because it like Alabama players have already have their mass exodus. I know Michigan players are free to travel within the next 30 days, but 
the spring semester just started, so it'll just be it'll be interesting just to see uh, how quickly if anybody t- tests the transfer portal. But but I do believe Sharon Moore will be named head coach tomorrow. I hope so too, man. He deserves it. I think he he proved himself, and I think he'll be a very good fit for that team. I think he he showed those young men that he he can be a leader amongst men. And I think he'll do a good job for Michigan for years to come. And I, I don't think he'll let us down this next season either. I think these guys are going to come out fighting. They're going to come out determined, and they're going to show they're going to show why we why we're Michigan, man. Why we play Michigan football, and they're going to do this for for Sharon Moore just like they did it for Harbaugh last year. Yeah. So, in other coaching news, we we talked about this. Uh, a little bit to start the podcast. Adrian Griffin and hell, I think John Beeline coached in Cleveland longer than he coached in Milwaukee. Second place Milwaukee Bucks, 30 and 13, fire their coach and hire Doc Rivers. <laughs> so, you know. You heard the rumor, right? No, I haven't heard the rumor. So basically the rumor was so those games that they lost were close games and they said, "Well, they those guys need help." Okay? Um you got a couple roster spots on that team that are very suspect. And one of them is uh the Nassis, which is um under the Kumpo's brother. And basically, they were saying that Griffin was was trying to move that spot or free up that spot by having, you know, Adekumpo's brother move. And he said had some choice words about him. Um, and that was his demise, getting him out of there, because you can't move Adekumpo's brother. So that was the problem. That was the rumor that, that we heard. That I got on uh, a, a couple of sports things that they were saying basically he was trying to free up that spot and bring in another veteran. That way they can kind of lock certain things in. Because Lord knows they need one or more player, it feels like to me. Because Boston seems like they're stacked. Um, a few other teams too. And it's this other this move by uh, by the Miami Heat to pick up Scary Terry. That That makes them a little bit more stacked too than than Milwaukee. So, yeah, they were trying to find that extra space. And uh, I don't know if he found it in uh, in moving for Doc Rivers, though. Yeah. And that's that's what I don't get. Like, I feel like you make this move if kind of like with the Detroit Pistons when uh, they were kind of Reached his peak under uh, Carlisle, and you you go get a Larry Brown or something. I know Dyer River won a championship in Boston, but two thousand eight is so long ago. I don't. Yeah, tell <laughs> And it's not, and he's had a great team since then, right? He had the um, the the Philly team recently, and couldn't get them out the second round. Um. Philly looks under Nick Nurse and without Harden looks to be a better team. He had what Chris Paul, 
Blake Griffin, Jamal Crawford, uh, DeAndre Jordan, all on the team together and couldn't get it done. So I don't, I'm hoping he's successful because, I mean, as a personality, I, I like Doc River, but it has not. That that magic has, has definitely worn off. And this makes ESPN look really bad because they basically hired him and told him, you know, don't be <laughs> biding your time for a coaching job. And they got rid of uh, Mark Jackson, who I actually think was a better <laughs> Um, color commentator than uh, Doc anyway, but mm. okay. So this is my thing. This is my thing, Rodney. How I feel about this. This was an odd coaching decision. This this is an odd firing. I don't think Doc. You write about that. The Doc Rivers is just hanging on to that championship. I don't know what made them just say, "Let's go get." Doc. <clears throat> Let's go get Doc Rivers out of all the coaches. Um, I, you know what else I don't understand, too, Rodney? I don't know what, what made ESPN say, you know what? Let's get rid of all these amazing commentators that we have, and let's go get Doc Rivers. I, I just I don't know what the hell type of blackmail that Doc Rivers have over most of these people, but I don't feel like he's a great coach, in my opinion. I don't feel like he's... a a great analyst, but for some reason they just keep giving him the jobs, and I don't know how Milwaukee feels like he's going to be a huge difference. Yeah, I'm interested to see who's on Doc's staff. I'm interested to see um, the first couple of games. I've I've never seen a team with championship aspirations fire a coach. <laughs> 43 games into the season. It's just, it's very odd. Um, I'll be, I can't wait for um, Dame to speak because I don't think he'll get much from from Giannis, but I'm I'm curious to see how Dame and a few other people in Milwaukee feel. It's just, when when it came across my breaking news thing, like I had to look at it twice, like, did I just read that right? So, um, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, in Shell, this Boston, their coach makes questionable coaching decisions. So, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens in the East. But Doc Rivers, coaching wise, like trying to see where I would put him in a pecking order of coaches in the East. I know that's, and that's another thing too. Like, I mean, the coaching, the coaching isn't really that strong. Um, I think he can probably he can probably slip past. Yeah. Um, I'm like, is Eric Spoelstra then who after Spoelstra? I know that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, you know what, um. With the experience and everything, I'll say probably he probably would just slot right back into there um, as number two behind Spolstra in the, in the East and and make a push. 
I mean, whenever you got Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard and, and Adekumpo, those two guys are, are powerful. So, you know, in a seven-game series, those guys can win against anybody. So maybe just um, maybe just they they just looking for a short term answer. Maybe Doc Rivers can get over that hump. I hope so because um, if he doesn't, this just makes Milwaukee as an organization um, look bad. You you got rid of because if that's the case, like I don't. And you know, and if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know how much I despise Mike Budenholzer. But at this point, you could have just kept him because, hell, I think between him and Doc Rivers is a push on who's a better coach. No, I agree. I agree. Um, For some reason, and I think we both agree on this, give me Spolstra. Um, I think Miami got stronger, especially with getting rid of Kyle Lowry and, and bringing in Scary Terry. Um, another person that can fill it up. I thought that uh, the drafting has been a little bit better, uh, even though that has nothing to do with, uh, of course, with Doc Rivers, who just came. It just feels like um, all the time, Pat Riley and Spolster, whatever they put together as far as in the draft, they know how to draft some studs. A lot of guys that be undrafted or late in the draft, those guys always – they. Find a way to get some of the best players in. Um, even with them picking up Doc Rivers, still give me Miami um, over Milwaukee when push come to shove. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, I'm going to give Milwaukee a couple weeks, and then I'll continue. <laughs> continue, but I, I don't see – how you die rivers is that much better than Mike Budenholzer, if at all. Yeah, exactly. I don't see it either. I'm like <laughs> I'm trying to find it. I don't I don't see it either. Okay, so J. Cole Complex, did they get it wrong? I think they got it right. Complex named J. Cole 2023's best rapper alive. Mm, uh, a lot of people are upset about it. I, it, it oh, Rodney, I'm on the fence too because you're right. J. Cole, he came back on some features and Lamar who just came out with an album. You got Drake that just came out with an album. Those guys stay relevant. Um, you 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 want to try to not listen to Drake and he still stays in your ear, man. Like Even if you want to cut him off, I mean, at least he's still putting a product out there that people are going to listen to. He's going to sell records. He's going to be out there. Uh, same thing with Kendrick and J. Cole. He's just now, I guess he's the more, he's the more relevant right now because he's the last thing that you heard right now because he just came up with these features and everything and singles. But no, he does. I don't think that he deserves that number one. Give me Kendrick or, or, uh, or Drake for that one. Cause those guys have been really consistent. They've been in the field and, and doing what they supposed to do. Yeah, so, I th- and I love J. Cole, and I do agree with this, because he has killed his features, but I also feel like this is a pity uh, award, too, in, in some regards. And what I mean by that is, 
Um, if and I, I think this go all, all you back to like 1979, 1978, somewhere in there, and they ask somebody at the end of each year. Okay, so um, Jay Z has been there multiple times. Little Wayne, Drake, multiple times. Nas, uh, Rev Run twice. LL. So just to give you Kendrick few times but i feel like and then i, I went back and look this is the first time j cole uh, has gotten it for any year uh, he was an honorable mention for uh, in 2014 so maybe this wasn't them making up for him not winning in one of those years or not um being named in one of those years so maybe if that um I'm hoping this is motivation for his next album that's supposed to finally drop in 2024, so. Mm. You might be right. You might be right, Roddy. Seems like it might be a little pity taken upon him, or or maybe they, they expect J. Cole to come out, because he did come out spitting on these features. Yeah. So maybe their expectations might be a little bit high for him to come out with an amazing album, but... um. I don't know, man. I still don't think that he should be placed number one. Like you said, it, it might be a pity. Give me those other two rappers that yeah, have been consistent. So in 2014, they gave it to Nicki Minaj. Mm. Um, I, I'm just still like, I like J. Cole, man. I don't want to make it seem like I'm bashing him because there's a lot of people that's J. Cole fans. A lot of people love J. Cole. I'm a huge J. Cole fan. Don't I don't I'm not throwing any shade. I just want to let everybody know that. I feel like Stephen A. Smith backtracking. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to throw any shade, man. I love J. Cole, man. I just he's gonna always it fluctuates. What is Steve? Okay, I'm gonna take another Stephen A. Smith reference. It's fluid. Okay, it's fluid. Because, you know, that J. Cole will be there. You know, let him come out with an album. And if the album's good, then I'll slide him probably back in that first slot. But you got to give me Kendrick or Drake, man. Like, they, they literally consistent. Um, 2023, you know who I would have gave it to? Who? Killer Mike. You think so? I mean, uh, his album Michael did come out. I'm... So, I don't, I don't know. This, this year, twenty twenty three is. Do you give it to to Drake? I don't know, cause, cause remember Kendrick, when Kendrick came out with his album early in twenty twenty three, right? Uh, Kendrick might have been 2022, actually. Let's see. The years are, are running together. <laughs> I know. And you know what's crazy, too? Even though... Ken okay, so when Kendrick had his album out and it was hitting the airwaves... Yeah, 2022. So, Drake and 21 Savage was 2022 also, right? That mm, should have been... Yeah. Yeah. And that album was really good. I know we, we 
that Drake and Twenty One Savage collab was really good. Yeah, late twenty twenty two, but yeah. But when you when you think of, when we go back and we rewind this, and we think about twenty twenty two, the first album that's gonna stick out in our mind is that Drake and Twenty One Savage album. Yeah, so I I think Complex was trying to give J. Cole his flowers, which there there's an art. I'm just I'm going back because I'm curious to see now who they gave an honorable mention to for this year. No, I, no, I feel I feel him trying to give him his flowers. He deserves his flowers too, man. He he been a good dude in the hip-hop community, and he done brought some people together, man. And, and he, he he been tearing it up on the collabs. Yeah, I'm just real curious to see who. So, oh, the honorable mentions is wild, too. Gunna, Doja Cat, and Killer Mike are your three honorable mentions. And do it with that. You, you, Killer Mike, I understand. Ghana, uh, I could see it with a gift and a curse. Doja Cat wasn't expecting. Yeah, that's that's true too. You know what, man? I was gonna say the Gunner album, man. I don't know if I wanna. I don't. It, for some reason, I felt guilty listening to it. It was like, should I support this? That's why I never. I heard the one little single they, the the fuck you mean they they play it all the time on the. But I just never listened to the album because I was like, you know what? I don't know what's going on, and I don't want to. I just didn't want to support it. Because you know, once people get put into that situation, they put a stereotype on you. It's like, do I listen to this? Even though I'm I'm older and I'm I don't have nothing to do with what's going on in any of those hip hop. Uh, circles it just feel like once a person gets labeled a certain thing it's just like you don't you don't want to support it i don't know maybe that's just me yeah it's it's curious that drake nor 21 savages he has an honorable mention for 2023 though yeah i'm really surprised about that too because i thought it was actually one of the better albums of uh, last year. They got a lot of spin, a lot of radio airplay. Um, they got me wanting to listen to 21 Savage a little bit more. Not saying that 21 Savage wasn't irrelevant or anything, but off of that last album, that made me want to listen to 21 Savage. That's why I listened to his album that just came out now because of his collab with Drake. Yeah. Um, yeah, the... Now these honorable mentions have me. <laughs> Maybe we should do our um, best rapper alive in twenty twenty three top five or something for the next podcast. Even these honorable mentions have me question this stuff now. Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't the same. Like we we were looking at twenty twenty three, and we, that's what we need to do. We need to recap twenty twenty three because we it can be we went through a lot of changes in twenty twenty three. You had some hip hop, uh, you had some hip hop rappers, and they were basically saying like, 
Um, hip hop is dead. Basically, it's going down. The sales were were ass. Um, for a lot of artists, some artists came on strong at the end. I thought the end of twenty twenty three was like one of the better. It made it one of the better years for hip hop. If you look at it as a whole, and they just put albums that came out in twenty twenty three, you'll be like, wow, this album came out, but it was like the, at the end of twenty twenty three. So, um. I don't know. We gotta go. We gotta do a. Uh, you're right, Rodney. We probably top ten. Can we do top ten albums of 2023? Because yeah, the females, the females took over this year. Mm-hmm. Which is partially why you have a Doja Cat and an honorable mention, which we'll talk about to their album is in my top ten for 2023. Yeah, and you look at the top songs like. No disrespect to to Drake and some of those other guys for twenty twenty three, or or the Gunners and everything. Um, the top song, in my opinion, like that you heard all year long was uh, my 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 coochie pink and my booty hole brown. Like uh, <laughs> like that you you couldn't go anywhere without hearing that shit. And like it was a couple other songs too that that came out that was was nuts and like cardi b hasn't dropped the album in years and like she was on all these singles and she's been tearing it up too so yeah yeah so on that note um on the next podcast we'll be recapping the nfl championship conference championship rounds previewing the Super Bowl and then we'll give you our top 10 albums of 2023 and maybe a couple albums we're looking forward to in 2024 on that note we'll catch y'all on the B-side peace